Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Miami. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 603 for release on Sunday, September 13th, 2020. On WaveScan today, we have a very special program for you, a replay of the original AWRDX program, Radio Monitors International, Part 1. Quite recently, an international radio monitor living in South America informed us that back during the year 1980, his entry in an international DX contest was accorded the eighth position in a list of 30 winners. The DX contest was staged by the original AWRDX program, Radio Monitors International in Pune, India. The program was broadcast by the International Shortwave Service of the Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation in Colombo, Sri Lanka. The contest was listed as the 30th Anniversary DX Contest, and the fortunate winner in the eighth position was Antonio Ribeiro da Mota, who was living at the time in San Jose in southern Brazil. The award that Antonio received for his win was an original hour-long cassette recording with an outline history of the DX program Radio Monitors International and the original AWR Asia with its headquarters in Pune, India. In our WaveScan program today, we're pleased to present part one of this historic 40-year-old radio broadcast with its interesting information about the old DX program Radio Monitors International, together with the relay of programming from AWR Europe and from Radio Canada International, and from ORF Vienna in Austria. Also featured are the program relays from the old shortwave station in Goa, India, and from Radio Andorra in Europe. So stay tuned now as we cross over to Radio Monitors International on relay from the Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation in Ekala, Sri Lanka. Welcome to this historical presentation of Radio Monitors International. In this special program of Radio Monitors International, you will hear a historical presentation on both Radio Monitors International and AWR Asia. You will also hear some tracks from old discs which were used in the early days of AWR broadcasting in Southern Asia. Here now is Adrian Peterson with this, shall we say, station profile on Radio Monitors International. The DX program, Radio Monitors International, was first broadcast on Sunday, June 1, 1975, in the All Asia service of the Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation. It has been the only international DX program produced and broadcast in Southern Asia, and thus far, more than 300 weekly editions have been produced. It all began this way. Back in early 1975, when I was living in Colombo, the director of the English services of the Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation, Mr. J. Barucha, asked me to commence a regular weekly DX program. 
It was suggested that at first this should be experimental and that each program would be of short duration in order to test the listener reaction. Initially, this new DX program, Radio Monitors International, would be a 10-minute segment within Radio Journal, a popular variety program compared by Nihal Bharati. Thus it was that I recorded the first edition of Radio Monitors International in one of the program studios of SLBC in Colombo. It was broadcast at 0420 GMT from three transmitters located at Ekala. These shortwave transmitters on 15,425, 11,725 and 9,720 kilohertz were carrying the SLBC English service to all Asia. The mail response to this new venture was very encouraging, with an ever-increasing stream of letters coming from listeners all over Southern Asia and from many other countries located on all continents. Towards the end of 1975, I was transferred from Colombo to Pune, and production of Radio Monitors International was transferred from the studios of SLBC in Colombo to the studios of AWR Asia in Pune. It was in early 1978 that the program was extended to 15 minutes, and it became a self-contained program in its own right. Though RMI was no longer a part of Radio Journal, yet the variety characteristics of its previous association have remained. Then, from the beginning of 1979, RMI, as it is more familiarly known to its many listeners, was extended to a full half-hour program, which is now broadcast three times and sometimes four times each week in the external and home services of the Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation. The last half of each program is entitled Window on the World, and special features portraying the DX scene in other parts of the world are broadcast. Once each month we broadcast the eminent DX program from ORF in Vienna. This Asian replay of Austrian shortwave panorama with David Hermges is very much appreciated by our listeners in Southern Asia. We also broadcast the Asian edition of DX Digest, which is presented by Ian McFarland in Radio Canada International. Likewise, this program is also very popular. We include on a monthly basis the program World at Your Fingertips International from the Australian Radio DX Club. And of course, there are other features as well. Three times each year, there are special events associated with RMI. For our birthday program at the beginning of June, we often feature messages of greetings from well-known DX personnel. Over the years, these messages have come from internationally known figures such as Arthur Cushion in New Zealand, Victor Gunatelica in Sri Lanka, Ani Skoog in Sweden, Bob Padula in Australia, and Ian McFarland in Radio Canada International. Another annual feature is ATA Day. The Kronohertz station ATA is located in New Delhi, and it emits standard time and frequency signals of 8 kilowatt on 5, 10, and 15 megahertz. As a cooperative venture, RMI conducts its annual ATA Day.
Then, too, we have an annual DX contest. One year, listeners were invited to identify various tuning signals. Another year, we invited listeners to tune in to as many AWR outlets as possible. And another, we had a spot the mistake contest in which listeners were invited to identify 20 deliberate mistakes. And then, of course, there was our big 1980 contest, the world's biggest DX contest. This contest drew an unprecedented response from listeners all around the world. There is a concentration of male response from India and other countries in Southern Asia, and a consistent flow of mail comes in regularly from many other countries. As many as 900 reception reports have been received for one program. Many DXers like to receive QSLs from Radio Monitors International. The Sri Lanka Broadcasting Corporation in Colombo receives up to one million letters a month, and it is just impossible to answer such a volume of mail. Consequently, it is difficult at times to obtain an SLBC QSL. Thus, DXers who want a valid QSL from Sri Lanka will often send their reports to RMI. Full data QSL cards are issued for RMI broadcasts and also for incorporated segments on behalf of RCI, Radio Canada International and AWR Europe. The Australian Radio DX Club of Melbourne, SpeedX in California, HAP India and Indian DX Club International of Calcutta have also issued QSL cards for their own segments when broadcast in RMI. Each week there are usually four different segments in RMI. The program begins with a station profile which outlines the story of some prominent or exotic radio station. And this will often include a tape recorded insert containing the tuning signal and announcements from that station. Then there is a technical topic which is followed by a DX report from perhaps Africa or London or Melbourne or Calcutta. The final feature each week is Window on the World, which presents the international DX scene from other parts of the world, including, as we mentioned, David Hermges and the Asian replay of Austrian shortwave panorama and Ian McFarland with his Asian edition of DX Digest from Radio Canada International. This, then, is the story of Radio Monitors International. For a moment now, we listen to the original theme music which was used in association with Radio Monitors International. This item was recorded off-air on the last day of its use, Sunday, February 12, 1978. Radio Monitors International Throughout the world, there are numerous radio stations operated by such organizations. Since February 19, 1978, we have been using the current theme music in RMI as played on this tape. You're listening to WaveScan from Adventist World Radio. Today we're replaying the original AWRDX program, Radio Monitors International from 40 years ago. Next, we present the introduction to the Asian edition of DX Digest with Ian McFarland in Radio Canada International. (laughs) 
This is Radio Canada International calling. Hello again from Canada, everyone. This is Ian McFarland welcoming you now to another Asian edition of the DX Digest from Radio Canada International. On this edition, we're going to continue with our two series, the shortwave receiving antenna course and our look at international broadcasting. Last time, in the first installment of our look at international broadcasting, we examined some of the reasons why countries consider it important. Let's listen now to David Hermges in ORF Vienna with the Asian replay of Austrian shortwave panorama. Austrian shortwave panorama. Today with Sounds Like Austria. Hello, it's David Hamjis inviting you to join me on an historical tour of Austrian identification signals through more than half a century. The good old ticking clock, which was used between 1924, when public broadcasting started in Austria by RAVAG, short for the Radio Traffic Company, up until 1938, when... Next, we turn to AWR Asia. And here is the new identification signal, which was introduced into all programs produced in the Pune studios and used in the broadcasts commencing on Sunday, March 15, 1981. we have not always had this identification signal, neither have we always been known as AWR Asia. Here is the story. The first broadcast on behalf of the Seventh-day Adventist denomination in Southern Asia took place on Sunday, April 30, 1950. This epic broadcast was a presentation of the International Voice of Prophecy by the legendary Dr. H.M.S. Richards. This program was broadcast from Emisura Goa at 9 a.m. and it was heard over the 1 kilowatt outlet on 9,610 kilohertz in the 31 meter band. This was a temporary unit which had been commissioned a few months earlier. We have searched the archives in our AWR studio and we have located the first disc that was used in the first broadcast from Emisura Goa. It is a large 15-inch record with half the program on one side and the other half of the program on the other side. 
This disc is now 31 years old. It is dusty and scratched. But for a few minutes we play you some excerpts from this historical disc. Ladies and gentlemen, we now present the Voice of Prophecy from Emissora Goa. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring Jesus is coming again Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing Jesus is coming again Greetings to the world at this time, the voice of prophecy comes to you, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. You are invited to listen to our broadcast today and each week at this same time and share with us the mutual blessing and inspiration of this hour together. listening to the worldwide gospel program of the voice of prophecy broadcast every week over hundreds of radio stations throughout the world to enlarge the work of our radio ministry your broadcasters extend to each listener a free supervised course of instruction in the teachings of the Bible we who live in this atomic age can easily see that the sands of Bible prophecy are running low in the hourglass of time. These free Bible lessons, written in simple language, bring historic proof to show that the end of the age is very, very near. In addition, they present all the principal Bible doctrines. The Voice of Prophecy Bible course also teaches essential Christian character building, which will be deeply appreciated by every student. Enroll at once. The address of our Bible school will be given later in this broadcast, so listen carefully. We sincerely believe this is a golden opportunity. Now is the time to begin the most fascinating of all studies, the Bible. There is no other study to compare with this. In no other way can one invest his time so profitably. The result is worth any effort, for there is certainty of great... And now, H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, the kingdom of stone. This is a subject of Bible prophecy. God alone is the author of true prophecy. God alone can truly see the future centuries in advance. He alone knows all about today and therefore all about tomorrow. Every effect has an adequate cause, and if one could have complete knowledge of causes, he would have complete knowledge of effects.
Have faith in God. No power Christ's love can sever. Have faith in God. His kingdom is forever. Have faith, dear friend, in God. And join us again next week at this same time when over these same stations the subject will be when Jesus comes back. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. That was the first epic broadcast for what is now AWR Asia as heard over Emesoragoa at 9 a.m. on Sunday, April 30, 1950. This is WaveScan from Adventist World Radio. Today we have a 40-year-old program we're replaying for you of the original AWRDX program, Radio Monitors International. 31 years ago, many listeners in Goa and its environs strained their ears trying to make out the sounds of the program, which was crackling through the static in their loudspeakers. One of these listeners was Dr. Susie Moser. Well, she wasn't Dr. Moser then. She was simply an early teenage girl, Susan Abraham. It is my pleasure this evening to introduce to you our special guest for this edition of Radio Monitors International. And our special guest is Dr. Susie Moser, who had an association with the first historic broadcast of AWR Asia. We welcome you, Dr. Susie, to this presentation of Radio Monitors International. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Dr. Susie, at the time of the first broadcast of AWR Asia, what was your name? Susan Abraham. So, little Miss Susan Abraham was an early teenage girl. What was your association with the Voice of Prophecy at the time? I was employed uh, in the Voice of Prophecy during my summer vacation. And what was your work, your duties? I was asked to stamp the letters which came from the students from different parts of India. Now, what do you remember about the first epic broadcast that was made by what is now known as AWR Asia? I remember Pastor Rawson calling all of us together and telling us about the details of the first Voice of Prophecy broadcast from Goa. And the following day, after he left uh, for the broadcast, Mrs. Rawson took us over to her house to listen to the first radio broadcast. Now, Mr. Rawson at the time was the director of the Voice of Prophecy Correspondent School Network, or at least in its origins at the time, and he was also the originator of the first AWR programs that were broadcast 30 years ago. Do you remember, Dr. Susie, at what time of the day and week this first broadcast was heard? I think it was at about uh, 9 a.m. on Sunday. Yes, your memory serves you well, because the first broadcast was heard at that time on Sunday, April 30, in the year 1950. Do you remember much about the content of the program? I don't remember much about the content, but I think the title of it was The Voice of Prophecy. And who was the speaker? Dr. H.M.S. Richard. Do you remember any of the music from the program? I just remember the theme song, which was Lift Up the Trumpet. 
And that, of course, is the theme music that we are using in our new AWR tuning signal. Well, thank you, Dr. Susie. We appreciate your interesting information this evening and your historic association with the first epic broadcast of AWR Asia, which was made on April 30, Sunday at 9 a.m. from the old Emesoragoa. That was Dr. Susie Moser, who heard the first broadcast of the Voice of Prophecy program from Emesora Goa on April 30 in the year 1915. At the time, Emesora Goa had recently introduced a new commercial service, and it was intended that this outreach would be enlarged with the installation of higher-powered transmitters. Because of this possibility of a wider coverage area, Arrangements were made for two broadcasts of the Voice of Prophecy from Emesora Goa each Sunday, one at midday and the other in the evening. This double broadcast was heard each Sunday until the commercial service from Emesora Goa was actually discontinued a couple of years later. However, in the meantime, broadcasts of the Voice of Prophecy radio program were commenced from the new commercial service of Radio Salon. The first broadcast from Colombo was aired on Sunday, October 1, in the same year, 1950, at 8.30 a.m. Originally, the program was broadcast but once each Sunday. However, because of the large audience tuned in to the commercial service of Radio Salon, additional repeat broadcasts were scheduled each Sunday. For a while, during 1952, the International Voice of Prophecy radio program was broadcast eight times each Sunday in the services of Radio Salon, which were beamed to Africa and the Middle East, Southern Asia, Burma and Southeast Asia. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. You heard part one of a 40-year-old recording from AWR Asia in Pune, India, via SLBC in Colombo, provided to WaveScan by Antonio Rivero da Mota in Brazil. We'll have part two of the same program in two weeks' time. Next week on WaveScan, Australia's best-known micronation is no more, the story of Hutt River Radio. And we'll have DX reports from the Philippines and Bangladesh. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. That's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Miami, Florida, 
Till next week, good listening, everyone. Bye.